This is part nine of our Destiny series. I hope you're not getting bored. If you are getting bored, you've got a few more weeks to go. Maybe you want something new, something fresh, enough of this Destiny malarkey. Give us some fresh food. (laughs) Or maybe you like this food. You like this kind of jollof and uh, uh, roast potato and beef and you like the continuous serving. All right. We're going to continue. We're going to talk about the prison experience of Joseph. The prison experience of Joseph. We are doing a study of the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis, beginning from Genesis 37, uh, right to the end of Genesis. And we are highlighting the different stages of Joseph's life. It sounds a bit loud to me here. Is it loud? Okay, over here it's a bit loud, so maybe you can lower the monitors. We're doing a a systematic study of the life of Joseph from when he's introduced in Genesis 37 till the end of the book of Genesis um, and how his life speaks to us about God's destiny concerning our lives. Two key scriptures we keep referring to, Psalm 105 verses 17 to 19. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. And then Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And what we've already established is this, that when it comes to our destiny, God has the say, the final say. However, we have established that a man or a woman of destiny is somebody whose life choices enables them to stay in line with God's purpose for their life. Their life's choices enables them to stay in line with God's purpose for their life. Now, this is a very key point, a very important point, because when it comes to our destiny, often there is a strong desire in us to make it happen. And there's nothing wrong with that in that sense. However, the temptation is to violate God's word in order to achieve a goal. And so we are teaching into that so that as men and women of destiny, we can fulfill the assignment, the agenda of God for our lives without violating his word in the process and thereby get our eternal reward. All right. So the prison season of Joseph's life begins in Genesis 39 verses 19 and concludes in Genesis 40 verse 23. I want to read Genesis 20, 39 from verses 19 to 23. First of all, highlight some things in there and then Genesis 40 and highlight some things there as well. So, Genesis 39 verses 19 to 23. It says, so it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him saying, your servant did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. 
and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Now, because of time, I'm not going to go over what I've already been sharing, so I'm just going to go straight into some of the lessons we can learn about the prison season of Joseph's life and how that affects the season and the dealings of God in our lives. So the first thing about the prison season is this. It is a season that misrepresents who you are and what you are called to be. So in verse 39, sorry, in verse 19, we see that this season begins when Potiphar's wife falsely accuses Joseph of trying to rape her. And because his master knew that he was innocent, he had no choice. Well, he didn't want to kill him because that was a sentence. But however, because it was his wife, he had no choice but to confine him in prison. However, it was not because Joseph was guilty. And the point about the prison season, how it begins and what it represents is that you will be in a context that does not reflect what God has called you to be. You find yourself in a situation that actually contradicts the very word you believe or God has spoken into your life. Any man, any woman that God speaks to will always experience the reversal of the promise of that word before they enter into that word. Our Lord Jesus is a classic example. He was called to rule the whole world. That's why he came on this earth, to rescue the whole world. However, it began in a wilderness, in a desert. In fact, he, be, he, he started in a, in, 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 in a manger where animals eat. And his whole foundation, the whole earthly ministry of our Lord did not reflect, his life did not reflect that he was king of kings, lord of lords, until he completed his assignment. Secondly, it is a place of dishonor and restricted movement. The prison season, you experience a lot of dishonor. Just like Joseph, in verse 20, it says in, in Genesis 39, 20, his master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisons were confined, and he was there in the prison. It's like underscoring prison, prison, prison. Prison, in this context, speaks to us of the fact that we no longer have the freedom to do what we want. And any man or any woman who has been used by God will tell you there was a season in their life where they felt completely restricted. Anyone who has achieved anything of substance will tell you of the season when it seemed like nothing was happening. They couldn't do anything. They had no say about how their life ought to go. So this restriction includes limited freedom of expression, lack of liberty, and a season of confinement, literally. And uh, 
We, we know what that is like. We have, we have been around for a little bit of time, and we know what that is like. And these are cycles as well. There are cycles in how God deals with you concerning your destiny. So there are seasons where you and there will be, if you've lived a long time, a period of time, I'm not talking about um, two, three years, that's not a long time. I mean like 30, 40, 50 years in the destiny of God, you see there are cycles, patterns like this. And uh, this prison season is a season of dishonor and restricted movement. Now remember, we are talking about the destiny of God for your life. And uh, often, we all have this glorious image about our destiny. And so, because of that, these processes is something that often is missed. And when we are facing them, we can easily misunderstand their significance. Thirdly, the prison season does not negate the presence and favor of God upon our life. So, in verse 21 of Genesis 39... It says that the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So even during this time of great restriction, of confinement, during this time of a misrepresentation of who you are, the signature of God will still be evident upon your life. It's very, very important. The signature of God will still be evident on your life. God's favor will be evident on your life your life during this prison season. Number four, this season is a place where our faithfulness is demonstrated. During this season of restriction, one of the key things that God is looking for in you and I is that we are found faithful. We are found dependable. We are found trustworthy. Look at what he says in verse 22. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. Can you imagine? He's in prison. He's been misrepresented. He's been falsely accused. He's lost his family. And yet he's trusted with so much. But here's the point. He can be relied on. One of the things I have discovered as a leader over the years is that many people, the scripture says, many a man will declare their own goodness. But a faithful man, who can find? They're very precious. I thank God for some of the faithful men that he has brought into my life and ministry. People, men and women, that I can depend on. And here is the point. Any man, any woman of destiny must prove to God that they are faithful. That when they are entrusted with something in a prison context, they can be dependent on. So much so that the guard did not worry about the prisoners because of another prisoner. Awesome. Luke chapter 16 verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. You see, often we want to enter our destiny. We want to enter into what God has called us to. But we lack credibility before God with the small things. Beloved, I want to encourage you 
that in your secret, secret history with God, the things that only God sees, you are found faithful. Can you say amen? Number five, the prison season is a place of limited authority. Limited authority. Verse 23, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. Whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Our authority is ultimately determined by God and his ordinances. In other words, God determines the sphere of responsibility, the sphere of power you can exercise as an individual. There are different levels of authority. And one of those levels, the lowest level, is what we call functional authority. In other words, by virtue of your ability, you have authority. That is the lowest level of authority. But often, people think that functional authority gives them the right to do whatever they want. It does not. And one of the key things about a man or a woman of destiny is that they recognize their authority. Look, Joseph was in prison, but he had authority. However, it was limited. So, if we want to be able to be entrusted with the fullness of what God has called us to, we must always allow God to determine our level of authority and not become our own authority. It's so important. As a senior pastor, as a lead elder, I cannot be my own authority. My authority must be within the governance or the strictures of Scripture and my function as an elder. So, for instance, I do not have authority over you when you leave this church. The only people I have authority over after church service is my wife and children. And then in the context of my job and in the context where, where I, um, I have a certain level of authority, my authority is limited to those functions. Why is this important? Because when you are fulfilling the destiny of God or you are in line with the destiny of God for your life, you will have a measure of authority. But never confuse that measure as being you being your own authority. Again, over the years, we have seen this so many times. People blatantly contradict scripture and become their own authority in whatever context. And there is a price they will pay. And there is a price they do pay. Always. John 19, 11, Our Lord said to Pontius Pilate, you could have no power. And that word power is exousia, authority. He said, you could have no authority at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Our Lord stands before Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate says to him, listen, don't you know that I have the power to release you or not release you? He said, no, 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 no. You have no power except what was given to you from above. John the Baptist said it like this in John chapter 3, verse 27. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. So, I remember a few years ago, no, a few years, a few months ago, I was talking with some pastors. And uh, as we were talking, they asked me a question. And they asked me a question about restructuring of organizations and so forth. And 
the, the thing about size of church came up. And I said this, I want a large church. I want a mega church. But I know that God has not given, I know my sphere of authority at present. My sphere of capacity at present. I know my sphere of capacity, but I know my desire. And I told them what it was. And they were shocked. They said, I've never heard, these are senior men, never heard anybody, first of all, admit that their level of authority or sphere of capacity is far less than their desire. You will have desires, but you must know your level of authority. Yeah. Because that will determine how you fulfill your destiny eventually. Sixth point. The prison season is a place of divine appointments. So we're now going into Genesis chapter 40. Genesis 40. And I'll highlight a few verses from this. So Genesis 40 verses 1 to 3. It says this. And it came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. These two dignitaries were confined to the same place that Joseph was. And that was God's arrangement. You see, the prison season, part of its purpose is to position you accurately. Is to position you accurately. There are certain people that must come into your life because they are linked to your destiny. Can you imagine if Joseph had broken out of jail? Later on, we're going to see. If he had broken out of jail because he was innocent and he shouldn't be here and he would have been sold as a slave, he would have never met these two men and his story would have been different. Beloved, I want to encourage you and assure you that the God who created you, the God who saved you, who took a hold of you, he is in charge of who comes into your life. He is in charge of arranging your connections. You don't have to violate your conscience or violate his word in order to get ahead. In the end, he will get you ahead if that's where he wants you to. Seven points. This prison season is a place of servitude. Verse 4. It says the captain of the guard, Genesis 40 verse 4. The captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them so they were in custody for a while. It's a place of servitude. Join this season of restriction. Join this season of confinement. Join, Join this season of lack of liberty or lack of expression. You must learn to serve because it's so key. To who you are supposed to be. I see so many people who don't like serving. They only will shine when the spotlight is on them. Now, please, don't get offended with what I'm about to say. So, I'm going to say it and don't get offended. Say to your neighbor, don't get offended. This is part of my pastoral responsibility. So, for instance, if they are on duty, let's say they are coordinating, then they'll be very early. Yeah, I know, yeah. She's cool. She's cool. So I can say, I have to be careful what I choose. So I chose what I know I'm safe. But if they are not coordinating, they will come late. 
If they are going to preach, then they are prayerful. Then they are. But if they are not going to preach, forget it. If they are going to lead in worship, then they are early on time. But if they are not going to lead in worship, they are strolling equal or both whenever they feel like it. Are you still here? That's not a servant's heart. No, a servant's heart is one that says, I am available to serve, to help. I am on, I am instant in season and out of season. I am ready and available whether the spotlight is on me or not. Say to your neighbor, ignore the spotlight. Listen, the spotlight can fool you. It can, it can be intoxicating when the focus is on you. Your, your strength shines. Your, your grace flows and you get admirers and all kinds of attention comes your way. But what are you like when nobody is watching? When you're alone with your iPad or your phone and the internet is beckoning with all kinds of pleasantry and titillations. Because that is when you should serve the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Eight point. The prison season is a place of the mundane and daily responsibility. Verses 6 to 7. Joseph came in to them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, why do you look so sad today? The prison season, you do the same old, same old, week in, week out, year in, year out. And it's not very attractive. And when you're in the prison season, remember Joseph was in prison for years. Every day waking up, meeting the same faces. Week in, week out, day in, day out. Maybe that job you're in, it feels like that. Maybe your family situation feels like that. Ladies, those of you looking after children, sometimes it feels like that. As much as you love those lovely ones, when it's time to get up, when half term comes, if you, you know, maybe you, you might feel like you've got a break or maybe it gets worse because now you have to find the mundane, the mundane. But when you talk about parenting, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, look at child, oh, it's so lovely, all that. So you're getting up at six. 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, if you're lucky. <clears throat> now, although Joseph was a prisoner, who could have easily escaped? Listen, he could have easily escaped. Why do you say that? Because he lived with the prison guard. Look at that phrase in, in verse, in verse um, 7. He says, he asked Pharaoh's officers, officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house. So these were dignitaries. So because of their, their level, they weren't placed in any ordinary prison cell. They were placed in the captain of the prison guard's house. And Joseph lived with them. It's not like today, you know, today's prisons. It's not like that. The guy lived there and he was part of the man's family. He, the prison guard trusted him so much. He didn't even bother think about what's going on. Can you imagine if Joseph was like some of us? Would have schemed. If he was a, 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 you know, I have to be careful politically with what I chose, choose now. He could have schemed, you know, just dig in some tunnel over the, because the boss is not even looking. Are you, are you listening? Scheming, planning, maneuvering, 
We have seen it all. We have seen maneuvers. Maneuvers. And sometimes, like I tell my wife, many times, just because I don't say, doesn't mean I don't see. Many times. Just because I don't say, doesn't mean I don't see. Now, I don't see a lot, but I see a little. And I tell you this, Joseph could have engineered a prison break. And his boss would have been none the wiser. The thing about the prison season is you are tempted to jailbreak. Who wants this restriction? Who wants the mundane? Who wants week in, week out, the same old, same old? Who wants that? I'm called to bigger things, better things, higher things, greater things. Say to your neighbor, I'm called to greater things than some prison somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I know that feeling. I know it so well. As a minister growing up, as a young man in my local church, as a man of God, with a level of grace upon his life, I've had people say to me, why are you pastoring that church? Look at your ministry. Look at the grace upon your life. You should have a big church. All you have to do is give, give us a job. Go some big job. Give us a job. The prison season is a very interesting season because you'll be tempted to engineer your way out of prison, out of that season, by violating God's word in some form or another. Yeah. However, the only way out of the prison experience is either to ride it out in complete submission to the will of God or to jailbreak. That's it. To engineer a jailbreak. Or you ride it out. It's as simple as that. Number nine. The prison season is an environment where we must choose to continually rely on God. Verse 8, when they gave Joseph their dreams, look at what Joseph said in verse 8, the second part. He said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell them to me, please. Joseph, even during the prison season, had a dynamic relationship with God because he was relying on God. Beloved, I want to encourage you. They that put their trust in him will never be ashamed. Put your hope in the Lord, not in your bank account. Put your hope in the Lord, not in your connections. Put your hope in the Lord, not in your strength. He says, some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Chariots represents the strength of man. And horses represents the provision of man. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Joseph learned to rely on God for wisdom and understanding of dreams. And through that, he was able to interpret their dreams. Now, I am convinced that this episode in Joseph's life was not the first time he interpreted dreams. He was used to doing it. 
as we see in the next part. He was used to doing it. But when he did it this time, it was key to his destiny. Ten point. The prison season is a season of using and developing our unique abilities and distinctives. It is a season of developing our unique and distinctive abilities. Everyone has it. Everyone has it. And when you are using it in that context, there's not a lot of spotlight. There's not a lot of spotlight. So there's not a lot of appreciation or applause. But you are being prepared for your destiny. It's so important that you understand this season of how God deals with you concerning your destiny. Two more and then we're done. I will continue this next week. The prison season is a season of frustrated expectations and disappointments. Through no fault of yours. In verses 14 and 15, after Joseph interprets the dream, he says, he says to them, to, to, the, to the butler, but remember me when it is well with you and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. Interesting. Get me out of this house. Hmm. Have you ever felt like getting out of this house? For indeed, <laughs> I was stolen. I'm not even supposed to be here, man. I'm not even supposed to be here. Get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. And also I have done nothing wrong here. That they should, that day, you know. It wasn't day, it was him. Should put me into the dungeon. When you're in the prison season, you can have blurred uh, perceptions. It's everybody when one person causes a problem. The church doesn't care. Actually, what you want to say is Joseph doesn't care. But the church doesn't care. Or maybe it's Aisha who doesn't care. But the church doesn't care. Have you ever said that? Hey, you've never said it. You are so holy. Me? I have felt it so many times. This issue of frustrated expectations and disappointments is very dangerous. Because in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. When you have an expectation, and that expectation is disappointed, it can color your judgment. Your heart can become sick. Again, we've seen it so many times. Good people with great expectations end up disappointed, and their heart becomes sick. And they make judgments that affect their destiny forever. Last but not least, the prison season is a time and a season when one is forgotten for the good, for the good they have done. That I can preach on that alone. You do good to so many people. But in this season, nobody, those who need to remember your good, forget you know how many people have sworn their allegiance to me who are no longer with me? Joseph, I will never leave you. Whenever I hear that, I get scared. 
I'm, I'm being honest. I get scared because over the years, I have seen what those statements mean. You're going to be tested to be trusted. And during the prison season, the good you have done to people is forgotten by those people. The only thing they will remember is that you are a Hebrew slave in a prison. Not the good you do. But it's part of God's plan. So don't allow the disappointments that you face in the prison season to deter you from the assignment God has for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll stop there. We're going to pray.